In the book of the Revelation, the second and third chapter, the Lord is giving his opinion on the seven churches of Asia Minor. He is speaking to John through the Holy Spirit, and he is ascribing the Lord's value and what he sees in those individual churches. The backstory on this can be found in the first chapter of Revelation uh, 19 and 20, and I'll read through the uh, new. Um, what is it? I, New Living Translation. <laughs> okay, Revelation 1, 19 through 20. Right, he's speaking to John saying, Write down what you have seen, both the things that are happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels or messengers or pastors of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So uh, very important in this revelation that God is giving to John is for him to write down God's opinions about the seven churches there in uh, Asia Minor. In each in each church, the Lord gives both a compliment and a condemnation. In each church, the Lord says, you guys are doing this well, but this is what you need to do now. In reading through all of those uh, opinions of the Lord through the seven churches, uh, to the seven churches, and God's critique of them, the one comment that concerns me, that bothered me the most in all of the seven churches is the church at Laodicea. Follow with me as I read Revelation 15 through 22. And again, now... This is God's value, his opinion of this church that was, that was an ongoing church in the community, in the town of Laodicea. I should have put uh, a map up here to show you, but uh, they're a group of churches all together, and God is speaking to each one. And when he comes to this local congregation, in the town of Laodicea, here's what he says. Revelation 3, 15 through 22. The Lord says this to that church. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, I become wealthy, and I have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you 
to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you might be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke, I chasten, therefore be zealous and repentant. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the seven churches. As God is speaking to those churches in the first century, new churches, new congregations, they're trying to understand the lordship of Jesus and walk in that. The Lord says to them, you, you guys have real problems here. And the statement that the Lord made to the church that bothers me most is not that they were lukewarm, although that greatly concerned the Lord. He said, I wish you were either hot or cold, be one or the other. Because God hates the lukewarm. But it's not the lukewarmness that bothers me the most. It's not even the threat that God will, will vomit them out of his mouth. The thing that bothers me most about this church in Laodicea is that though they were meeting every Lord's Day, just like we do, though they were worshiping God and, and sharing His Word, just like we do, though they met every Sunday, Jesus was not here. He was on the outside knocking to get in. So, it is possible. It is possible for a church to carry on in their motions and activities of worship, to carry on in the uh, systematic flow of, of uh, the Protestant uh, way to look at life and not knowing that Jesus wasn't even there. And he was on the outside trying to get their attention. You guys are in worship, but the object of your worship is missing. And why is <clears throat> this such a big deal to me? Well, because it is the presence of Jesus that makes the difference.
What makes us different from any civic club? They try to do good deeds. We could be seen as trying to do good deeds. What is the difference? The difference is the presence of Jesus. That's what makes the difference. I've told you this before, I think, that, but in studies as to why people don't go to church today or why people who once went to church no longer go to church, and the number one reason that keeps coming up over and over again, the number one reason is because church is boring. That's what they say. Well, the church at Laodicea, I guarantee you, was boring. Because the Lord wasn't even there. And He is the difference maker. Lukewarm. They were living, worshiping outside of His presence. Folks, I'll tell you, as we're talking about revival, revival won't happen. Revival can't happen unless the presence of God is with us in our midst. The Spirit of God has freedom to move. Last week, we started this series on revival, and we are using the prophet, the man Isaiah, as our model as to how God brings revival to individuals. And the first thing that we took note of last week was that Isaiah realized he had a problem. You remember in Isaiah 1 what... um, Isaiah chapter 6, I'm sorry, Isaiah 6, verse 1, what uh, we're told. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a train, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So what we have in this setting is that Isaiah was a young man at the time, and Uzziah was king over Israel at the time. Isaiah was not, uh, uh, Uzziah was not only Isaiah's king, Uzziah was likely his uh, uncle. And so there was a family tie there. And so when Uzziah died, not only had Isaiah lost his king, but he had also lost family. And having that sense of grief, what did Isaiah do? He went to the temple. Why did he go to the temple? Because God is found in the temple. Why do people come to church? Because they're looking for God to be in that church. Isaiah's heart was grieving. And so he went to the temple. And when he went to the temple, he acknowledged, you know, I've got to do something about this. I'll go to the temple. He goes to the temple, and there 
God meets him in an overwhelming, powerful way. And Isaiah is changed forever. One critical part in revival is that we let God show himself to us. One question that is, I've been asked over and over again has to do with a person's spiritual growth, the ability to move on into maturity. And the question revolves around the fact that I'm stuck. I feel like I'm stuck in my Christian life. I feel like every time I make uh, two steps forward, next time I look, I'm three steps back. Why can't I grow in faith? Why is it that I uh, annually, I look at myself and I'm at the same place year after year in my spiritual life. Why can't I grow? Well, one of the primary reasons has to do with revival. You see, when God begins to draw us and we recognize we have a need and in that need, I've got to go to the church or I've got to go to God. I've got a need that I'm drawn to God and so I go to God and when God meets me, He changes everything. But I have to be willing to repent and submit to Him if I'm ever going to grow in my life, we, some of us have become so uh, adept at, at turning down the voice of God, at turning away from the voice of God, at saying no to the voice of God. And that's why we are stuck in our spiritual life and maintain more of a, a, an infant mindset than a mature individual. Because when God draws and God calls, it's a loving, holy call, but we're scared. We're fearful of what it would mean to totally submit to God. And so we turn away and we never follow to get stronger in the Lord, to grow deeper in the Lord for that one reason. God deeply desires to show himself. Let, let me show you what I'm talking about. This is, this is really uh, outstanding. Uh, I, I want you to look closely uh, at the text Because what we will see is that God met Isaiah in both a personal and powerful way. Um, Notice first again in Isaiah 6.1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Well, in that passage, when he says, I saw the Lord, you'll notice that the Lord is spelled with a capital L, a small O, small R, small D. 
Lord. But in, but in, chap, but in chapter 6, verse 3, we find something different. When the, seraph, the seraphim come in and announce the presence of the Lord, look at that word in verse 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. That Lord is capitalized every part of it. L-O-R-D. And then in verse 5, Isaiah says, Woe is me, I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In verses 3 and 7, the name LORD is all caps. In verse 1, it's the L is capitalized and the rest are small. What, what happened in this case? Did the printer make a mistake? Did they mess up uh, on that passage? What is the deal? Well, here's the deal. The reason they are spelled differently, small caps, all caps, is because they are two different Hebrew words. Chapter, uh, verse 1 is the word Adonai. That is a word that is used more as a title of who God is. It's, it's his it's his. Role It's his work. He's entitled to be the Lord, Adonai. And that's why it's capital L, small o, small r, small d. In verses 3 and 5, all are caps. And the reason is because the Hebrew word is Yahweh. That is the unspeakable, unmentionable name of God. This is how God revealed himself to Moses. He said, I am Yahweh. Translated, I am that I am. He was that before Popeye was, I am that I am. Y'all should have laughed a little bit more on that. Um, but here's the, here's the key in this. Isaiah says, I was coming to the, the temple because I had a great need in my heart and I was wanting to meet Adonai. But when I walked in, suddenly these angels started coming down and they began to sing what's called the Trishagion. The three times holy of God. Holy, holy, holy is Yahweh. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy, holy, holy is Yahweh. So a part of revival is we recognize a need that we have. We come to God we're seeking Adonai, and he says, no, let me introduce you to Yahweh. And at the end, when 
Isaiah falls on his face and cries out, Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for I have met Yahweh. And it changed everything. You see, the problem is too many of us get so comfortable with Adonai that when Yahweh shows up, we don't want to go there. We don't want to submit. We don't want to be uh, someone who is seen in the congregation. We don't want to look crazy, Christian crazy. And so we stay comfortable with Adonai. But when we're willing to let Yahweh show himself, introduce himself to us, it will change everything. And that's why it's called revival. Revival. 